Hello and welcome back to the Grower Radio Network. I'm Matt McClellan. I'm here today with Matthew M. Kalem, the author of The Sinister Beauty of Carnivorous Plants. Welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Hi, thank you very much, Matt. Well, uh, thanks for being here. And uh, so the book, uh, which is available now from Shipper Publishing, focuses on carnivorous plants, and uh, it has 140 botanical photographs with horticulture information, background. Uh, tell me, Matthew, what, what inspired you to write this book? Oh, let's see. Um, I suppose it was just so many different factors that kind of came together so that when the opportunity arose, I just kind of threw myself into it. It's, it's something I've been thinking about for quite some time. And um, I suppose some of the big factors are, you know, I've been working on this collection of photography, um, mostly for um, art exhibitions and um, kind of like uh, for quite some time. So the book really was a great way to kind of pull all my, you know, my, my project together because it covers different aspects. There's, there's the art photography of plants that I personally cultivate myself, there's how I cultivated them, and then uh, I go out into um, the local habitats that are here on Long Island and um, kind of survey them, I take photographs, and then I share the information with um, a couple of sources for New York State uh, for them to use for their conservation records. Here I had all these different elements and by kind of putting them together in a book, it was a great opportunity to really like make a statement of of what I'm doing here, and um, to to bring that um, to as large of an audience as possible. Right. Um, there's also there's there's also a number of universe plant books that are out there now, and anyone who's into them just loves all these books and. That was definitely an inspiration for me as well. Was was you know seeing the other books that are out there and, and enjoying them so much, and that kind of like influenced um, you know my uh, inspiration to, to do it. Okay, okay. So, uh, what in particular drew you to uh, to carnivorous plants as something that you wanted to uh, to go out there and survey and photograph? Oh gosh, that's uh, that goes back to childhood. Yeah. And and you know, being being a young boy, I was just fascinated by all sorts of creepy, crawly creatures and monsters and things. Uh, I absolutely loved dinosaurs. I thought that was the coolest thing, and uh, and sharks and reptiles and amphibians. And so when I first discovered carnivorous plants, it was like the most unusual thing, and it's so beautiful and interesting and, and strange, and it really caught my interest. Uh, what really like put me over the edge was seeing the 
you know, at a distance, and it really brought you into their world. And with, even with the music, the music just kind of pulled you in even further. And, and uh, that just really grabbed me when I was young. And from that point forward, I was just obsessed with them, you know? <laughs> right. Wow, okay. So as far as the, uh, the, the plants themselves, um, about how many do you cover in the book? You mentioned that there's um, there's some focus on some of the the carnivorous plants that are native to Long Island. Uh, what are some of the the plants that are native to that region and uh, and um, that you that you cover and uh, through through the book itself? Well, the uh, the ones that are native to Long Island, there's 16 species, which are pretty typical of the northeastern region of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, it's basically, uh, there's one species of picture plant, which is Saracenia purpurea. Um, there's three species of sundews, uh, Drosera rotundifolia, Drosera intermedia, and Drosera filiformis. And then there's 12 species of uh, Utricularia, bladderworts. Okay. And um, so, so with that, um, it's not like an, an enormous biodiversity range like you would say in parts of Australia or in Borneo or or even in the southeast of the U.S. But they're still fantastic plants and the habitats where they grow here are very interesting as well. That's one of the most interesting things about them where you could find them in sphagnum bogs and also you could find them in um, dune swales, you know, by the sea where um, the, uh, the back of the dunes will kind of cut down to the water table and you'll have this interesting cranberry bog habitat growing in basically maritime sand dunes and um, there's all these fantastic plants growing in that you know, habitat. One of the, the parts of the, the book that you know you, you, you talk about um, is, is um, conditions for, for growing these particular carnivorous plants. So are there, is that, a, are they difficult to cultivate? Is there something that, you know, things that, that someone might need to know if they want to grow these plants themselves? Oh, certainly. Um, they can be actually very simple depending on a number of factors. Uh, one of the best things to do is to kind of decide, okay, like where you live and to, to, to base what you're going to grow by the conditions that are present, you're going to have a much easier time that way. Uh, otherwise, you're trying to kind of, you know, terraform almost in a way or, or create conditions artificially that can be very difficult to uh, keep up. So, say, if you're living in Texas or something, well, you're not going to really, you're going to have a hard, you know, a hard time growing plants that come from more cool climates that need cooler, you know, conditions. And if you come from uh, a cooler climate, you know, vice versa, you're not going to, you know, you're going to have a more difficult time growing plants that are from tropical conditions. So that's kind of one of the things to keep in mind first. It's kind of like, you know, work with what you have, you know, for, for the, you know, the time being until perhaps you can uh, develop um, more uh, skills with growing the plants and then kind of branch out from there. So in the northeast of the U.S., you, you know, temperate, temperate carnivorous plants that are native to the area are a good bet because you can basically grow them, out, you know, outdoors year-round. Uh, the tropical plants, 
I do grow here, but there are kind of some things that you have to take into consideration in order to grow them. You know, like air conditioning a room 24-7 during the summertime will increase your, you know, electric bill for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do it for a good, you know, a good amount of the uh, plants that I grow. Other ones really don't need any special conditions, but um, altogether, what you're going to need is, is the right soil to grow the plants. That's sometimes, that's sometimes like a problem. Because if, if you were to buy these plants from, say, like um, a retailer, sometimes they're just kind of potted in a temporary soil that will only last so long. You know, if you're going to be grow, long-term growing these plants, you might, you might want to switch to a better soil mixture. Uh, keep it in properly watered. Um, be sure to use the right type of water. For, for some homes, the tap water has too many chemicals or salts or whatever, and that'll be damaging to the plants, the cannabis plants. They're more sensitive than uh, common house plants to that type of, you know, that type of water. Okay. So in that case, you know, I use distilled water. Uh, you could use rainwater. You could um, use reverse osmosis water. But generally, pure water with less than 100 parts per million using a TDS uh, reader. Okay, so water uh, water quality is an important factor in uh, in the cultivation of these types of plants. Yep, and the right you know the right temperature conditions. Uh, they need a lot of sunlight for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes much more than people realize. Like if you're growing it, uh, if you're growing a Venus flytrap in a uh, in a dark corner of your home, it's going to dwindle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I have great success with them just growing them outside during the, uh, uh, probably from like April through to October, November. Okay. Hmm. Very interesting. I use, uh, electricity, I use, uh, fluorescent lights. Okay. And I go into, you know, pretty good detail in the book about, about the fluorescent lights mm-hmm. and, and how, how I water them, you know, how I take care of them. Uh, I don't really go into like how I feed them or anything. That's not really such a big issue, actually. They're not like a gerbil, for instance, where you have to feed it every day or whatever. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's the, the feeding. You know, it's tell you the truth. A lot of times, I'll actually just I'll open up my front door, and like moths will fly in and go right for the lights where the hmm. plants are, and then they end up getting caught by the plants themselves. Oh, really? <laughs> So, yeah. so you get to uh, that's that's sort of how they they, they, they feed themselves in that in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't really feed them a whole lot. Sometimes I'll use like some blood worms that I got from the pet store. You know, it depends. Some a lot of the nepenthes, I'll just use a um, a dilution of uh, the maxi seaweed fertilizer. You know, here and there, and that kind of like gives it the. Um, the supplements to grow. Um, with feeding them, it is definitely beneficial. You know, it's not like you're going to starve to death if you don't. And they do kind of tend to catch bugs on their own because they have all these um, mechanisms to attract and trap them. Uh, so if there's insects around your home, you know, they will end up eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, you know, like I, like I was saying, I'll open up the door, uh, some beetles or so whatever will fly in and, and they end up getting caught by them <laughs> wow Matthew thank you for being here the uh, the book is called The Sinister Beauty of Carnivorous Plants you can find it 
on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or a retailer of your choice. Uh, it's available from Schiffer Books. And if you'd like to know more about Matthew's work, uh, visit his website. It is uh, www.mkaelin.com. Thanks for being here again, Matthew. And thank you for having me, Matthew. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to the Grower Radio Network. <laughs>